regular features, a regular, regular, regular features, a regular, regular, regular features, a regular features show. Hello and welcome to Regular Features, the podcast that's precisely as it was heretofore and shall remain so forever and ever. Amen. I'm John Blythe, the one with the silky smooth voice like a thousand ball bearings in your underwear. Just listen to my professional, competent voice. The mere fact that I can be this moderate in tempo and calm of delivery is surely evidence that everything is gonna be great. On my digital right is Steve Hoggerty, a man whose similarly mellifluous delivery will chisel away at your vertebrae until you're nothing but horizontal soup. Steve. Can you use your beautiful Radio 4 continuity voice to summarize what happened in the Archers today? Thanks, Log. Today, an unexpected visitor to Ambridge creates consternation in the Pargetta household, while Oliver Sterling gets more than he bargained for when a sheepdog runs amok in the big paddock. And what have you got for us today, feature-wise, Steve? Feature-wise, I've got a very, very above-board, not-offensive feature about Taylor Hawkins. It honours him as the man rightfully deserves. Marvellous. We don't deal in offence or shock here on Regular Features. And I'll thank you to keep it clean. And if that was all we had for you today, we'd have fulfilled our legal obligations to you, and you'd have no recourse in a court of law. But it is not in fact all, and I've got a little Joe Strebbles in my top pocket, waiting to slither hither into your juggalugs like a romantic sine wave. Joe... Can you tell me in your best Radio 4 continuity voice what I'll be missing on the Archers tomorrow? Jill Archer's subsidy application is jeopardised when a judge rules that her new line of thick milk from dry cows contravenes God's patent for cream. Meanwhile, Phoebe Aldridge has to make a Sophie's choice between her two favourite fields. And what have you got for us today in the field of features? I have a report direct from Los Angeles, the home of the Oscars, and the most contentious event that happened therein. That sounds tantalisingly close to scandal. What have I got? I've no idea yet. I'm writing this simply because I've been so excited about the forthcoming episode 500 extravaganza on the horizon... I forgot to look down and see the sickly episode 484 tugging sadly at my trouser leg. I've still got an hour left yet, though, so something might slide out. And now, in the most moderate voice that I have, the voice that I use when there is no one around to bring me out of neutral and make me feel the regrettable warmth of humanity, I will say once more, as every week I do, Jingle Man, stank up my head with your blank jangle melodies. I was made for regular features, you were made for... Log, you really threw me in the intro because I was not ready. I was not ready to talk about my feature about Taylor Hawkins, and it's the sort of feature in which you've got to have a good... You need to see the runway on the horizon and really, Mm -hmm. really get your feature plane lined up for a smooth touchdown, because... There you could upset are. a lot of people. He was almost more universally loved, it seems, than Princess Diana herself. Right, and we've really taken ripped the shit out of Princess Diana in our time. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> we did leave it about 20 years, though. <laughs> well, I do want to stress that I know that there are sensitivities around writing about recently deceased people. And I know in the past, some could say that we clumsily spoke around the deaths of people like Philip Seymour Hoffman. We brought this up. We did not. We did nothing of the sort. It was a loving homage. (laughs) Yeah, I do 
get that. And the re only reason I'm writing this feature now is because I, I'm a big fan of the Foo Fighters. I love Taylor Hawkins. And I was genuinely very sad when he died. So I this is where, when I sit down in front of a Google Docs page, I think of the things that are in my head and just let them come out. And the object of this feature, the subject of it is not any sort of poking fun or the the joke is not aimed at Taylor Hawkins. He is not the butt of the joke, okay? Steve wrote. I don't want to freak anyone really out. Want... He wrote in his in WhatsApp that he was gonna let his freak flag fly. And that he <laughs> and that Basically. he's gonna he's gonna say what the suits don't want him to say about Taylor Hawkins. So, you know. I just want to be real with you, reader. After that intro, the title of this has got to be something fucking amazing. <laughs> you are Taylor Hawkins. Can you drum your way into heaven without waking up God's highly trained guard angels? <laughs> right. Ooh. You okay. <laughs> are the beloved drummer of the Foo Fighters, Taylor Hawkins, who is sadly dead for sad reasons that this feature isn't about. It's time for you to enter the kingdom of God. But first, you'll have to get past his highly trained squad of guard angels who patrol the gates of heaven and can blast all your flesh off at one of those really long horns. What we're saying, the implication being, is that he doesn't belong in heaven and <laughs> we're trying to sneak him in a classic good place scenario uh -oh. as far as season one's concerned. Uh-oh, <laughs> Steve doesn't want Taylor in heaven. <laughs> That's not what the... Well... His mate, Dave Grohl, is Satan incarnate. They rule hell. They're oh, yeah. running around having a laugh down there. Heaven is to a Foo Fighter what hell is to us. Interesting. So, how do you twist, <laughs> try and twist my words on that one, Joe? I can only think of the song, Heaven is a Half Pipe Now. <laughs> I don't that's not a useful response. To stand any chance of making it past these guys, you're going to have to be incredibly quiet, like a Taylor Hawkins mouth. Guard angels are as tall as a planet with ancient flesh of gleaming brass, and they each have 700 ears spread across their eight spinning faces, which are highly sensitized to the vibration of a hi-hat, which happens to be the exact same frequency of what the dawn of creation was like. Do you? <laughs> a. Pretend to be a cherub and glide right through the gates while playing the opening drums to the 1999 hit Foo Fighters song Breakout. Or B. Sneak around behind the tuft of a cloud while playing the opening drums to the 1999 hit Foo Fighters song Learn to Fly from the same album, There Is Nothing Left to Lose, which marked the first appearance of Taylor Hawkins in the band and the beginning of Foo Fighters being really good. Apart from all the great songs in the last album as well. But they had so much good stuff after that. I think that's when I got into them. And I went back and I listened to uh, the, the one with Monkey Wrench on it and I thought, this is really good too. Shame there's not better drumming on it. Taylor Hawkins came back into this one. I think it would have been a fucking ace. Come away from Alanis Morissette, Taylor, you dildo. <laughs> uh, I prefer the ghost mode approach to this. I want to. I want to avoid all potential conflict. So I'm mm. going. I'm going stealth personally. Okay. Okay. I'll. I will go with that to stop you reading two things out at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In a like, way that only an angel could hear. Like like the beatboxer Razel. <laughs> I would love to hear it. Did somebody just accent the quarter note pulse on the ride symbol behind that tuft of cloud? 
says a guard angel, and instantly you are surrounded by Ezekiels on sides you didn't even know existed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's Taylor Hawkins, the legendary drummer out of Foo Fighters. Why were you trying to sneak into heaven, says a guard angel. You are welcome to come in through the front gates and play your drums as loud as you like, and do concerts for the Virgin Mary and Moses, or Jesus, and Allah, or Muhammad, or whichever one you're into. Or if it's none of them, then none of this ever happened. It's not too complicated here in heaven. That's part of the reason why I love it. Off you go, or in you come. (laughs) That's pretty uncontroversial. You know when political cartoonists... The day someone dies, it's like... Um, uh, always pearly gates, isn't it? Pearly mm. gates, and it's like... Um, who's that basketball player who died? Not the tall one. Kobe. <laughs> when Kobe Bryant died, and all of the political cartoons were... Was Kobe Bryant uh, at, at the at the pearly gates with St. Paul, St. Peter? Mm. And St. Peter saying, Hmm, well, do you want to shoot... Shoot some hoops. You're a big lad. <laughs> yeah, my eye looking up. Oh, better let you in. <laughs> you should see God. <laughs> you, well, yeah, you should. He's huge. <laughs> you can see his forehead over there. <laughs> <laughs> that was my version of that. Sorry. Features. The regular features. Spooky noise in your ears. Features, a regular features. Ghosts and wolves with teeth coming into your bedroom. Hello, it's Log in the editing booth here, and now my intro to this feature was incredibly downbeat. So much so that it made my skin crawl listening to it. That's because I am an absolute fanny, a slippery fart of a man who needs to buck up his ideas and learn how to sell himself. So it is with great pride and a sense of creative achievement that I now bring back the most beloved character of regular features. His voice, which is produced by talking with your tongue half out of your mouth if you want to do it at home, was recently reused by Heather Small from M People, and he's extremely annoyed about it. So please, strap on your jetpacks, click your heels together three times, and welcome back to the podcast. It is the man who wants to suck off a spider. Hello, it's me again. No, I am not Heather Snow. And quite frankly, when I heard that woman's voice last week, I nearly spat out the tiny arachnid cock I wanted to suck. That's right, it's me, the man who sucks off spiders from episode 448. You might have gathered that from earlier when I said I nearly spat out an arachnid's cock. What I never said I was good at is controlled narrative. What I am good at is sucking off spiders, if I ever get the chance anyway. <laughs> I, wanted to late, I wanted to tell you today about my latest antics, which is a word I hesitate to use because I do not, su- li- I do not like sucking off ants or ticks. I had become preoccupied with the particularly leggy article that I saw run out from under the poof when I was watching the Bergerac Christmas special on Bitbox. We locked eyes as he scampered across my carpet, and I immediately knew what I wanted. Now, I don't want to wear out the phrase, suck off a spider, 
but sometimes, for the sake of clarity, it's best not to mince words. He didn't come out from under the poof immediately, which I guess is understandable. I am, after all, around 100,000 times the mass of a large house spider, which could come across as intimidating. One time, my girlfriend Kathleen, who doesn't share my spider interest, said, Well, you imagine if the Eiffel Tower, which weighs 100,000 times what you weigh, came up to you and asked you if it could go up your bum. And not only that, it asked it in French, which is a language you do not speak. This really gave me pause for thought. <laughs> I, had, I had never considered the fact that spiders could not speak English. So I rolled a boiled egg under the poof and said, Roll that back out if you want me to suck you off. <laughs> not a solution. <laughs> well, maybe not. And, but I should add, I didn't boil the egg specially for the spider. It wasn't that hot. I always keep a couple in the fruit bowl in case I don't fancy a satsuma. So, I, so there I was, staring intently under the poof waiting to hear a little spider straining valiantly against the bulk of a boiled egg 50 times his mass. I've looked up a lot of what things weigh today. (laughs) (laughs) I was so engrossed that I did not even see Bergerac solve the crime on our television, so it was doubly annoying, and I was doubly annoyed, when I looked up and saw my beloved spider-to-be on the wall sitting just above mouth height. I'll take your altitude as a polite no, I said, trying to act cool, because I know that not taking rejection well is a red flag to spiders. Oh well, I said, plenty more spiders' cocks in the... And then I realised I couldn't say sea, because I don't think there are any spiders' cocks in the sea. So I looked around the house. How do I finish the sentence? Cupboard? No, I'd already looked in there. Lampshade. Oh, God, no, you can actually see the shadows of a couple of dead spiders in the lampshade. That will put him right off. Then, all of a sudden, it hit me. The attic. There's plenty more spiders in the attic, I shouted. But I wasn't talking to the leggy lovely on the living room wall anymore. I was standing underneath the hatch to my attic, (laughs) jumping and slapping at the wooden panel that was the only obstacle between me and lots of lovely web-filled willies. (laughs) My girlfriend, Kathleen who is very supportive, bought me a stepladder. And before you could say, that's the old wedding dress and the spooky painting, I was in the attic. Spider heaven. There were cobwebs everywhere and I sucked them all up like I had just not eaten two satsumas and a boiled egg. The saliva in my mouth went thick from all the web and I started to gag on all the husks of insects that had long been drained of nutrition many years ago. It was brilliant. It was everything I'd imagined spider foreplay to be. Now all I needed was a spider to come out and do a tiny little squirt onto my top lip and I could put this whole chapter of my life behind me and give Catherine the love she deserved. (laughs) (laughs) And then I saw him. Maybe it was the trick of the attic light. Maybe I was hallucinating from the lack of oxygen as my throat was now completely clogged with web and dead insects. But I swear... That spider was five foot six inches tall. Anyway, the last thing I remembered before I passed out was something going into my mouth. So as far as I'm concerned, mission accomplished. When I woke up, my girlfriend Catherine was standing above me. How tall are you? I said. Five foot six, she replied. And then the Bergerac theme tune played to imply that a crime had been solved. (laughs) 
<laughs> but as far as I'm concerned, we are both innocent and I'm in love with my friend, friend Catherine now and I put spiders behind me so I will never need to appear on the podcast again. Thank you. <laughs> fucking hell. Fuck off, Steve. Don't you talk to me in that voice, that fucking hell voice. <laughs> I'll come get, around your house and I'll pammel you. <laughs> I get why it's insensitive to mention recently deceased. It's just insensitive by association. It's like doing a doodle of someone you like and putting it in a bin. <laughs> I'd do a web on Taylor's face Do you think doing a doodle of someone is the most respectful thing you can do? Well, I was going to say doing a painting And then I thought, what do I reckon my features are painting of Taylor Hawkins <laughs> More of a doodle, definitely a doodle But it's next to all the bee dick The bee dick, the spider dick whimsy Yeah, if it was next to bee dicks, you'd know that was respect from us That's, 100. <laughs> that's what we're about You could have put Joe between... Your feature and mine, Steve. You chose not to. I'm sorry. I'm still in character. I'm locked in character. <laughs> He's gone full method. He's going for that spider. Get out. Thank you. I'm back. Radio 4. You are the most likely of all of us to be locked as one of your characters forever. I'm really worried about that now, actually. I, I think that could happen. I'd probably be happier. <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to do the log character? He's very shy. You'll have to cheer to make sure make him so they think you like him. Oi! <laughs> <laughs> Celeb Zone. We have to talk about the moment. Uh, the biggest moment of worry, of upset, of contention from this year's Academy Awards of Trophies for Oscar. I am, of course, referring yes. to yes. Timothy Chalamet's choice to wear a jacket without a shirt. Uh-oh. He's rewriting the dress codes of the Oscars in real time before our eyes. Is it allowed? Is it possibly allowed that such Is a... That legal? And a boy with a pointed face can enter the Oscar with not a shirt? I think not. Did you see this, Log? Did you see the bare chest of the boy called Timothy? Did you see the boy? He wore no shirt to the Oscars. Curly hair. Curly hair on the top. And it's black tie. Trousers as high as his cheekbones. He's got his curly hair and his high cheekbones and his nude skin shown. Do you see the boy? Did you see the bare chest of the boy? Do you see the boy? With a pointed face. And it's black tie. Trousers as high as his pointed face. No. I did not see the boy. He's got the curly hair on top. He's got the big high trousers on the bottom. He's got arms covered by a jacket. And then a little sliver of milk white skinny skin skin in between the lapels. Something for the dads. It <laughs> features prominently on r slash lady boners. Oh, I really? He is the poster boy for lady boners. He is. And the star of Dune, as in Doing your mom. <laughs> Once again, Steve has improvised a joke better than the entire feature to come. Because <laughs> the thing is that we've all seen the headlines about how this fashion choice, so to speak, was a triumph. Headlines such as 
chest in show. A starnum is born. Pecks for the memories. Next of skin. <laughs> Good. Tim- Timothy's outfit is tit top. <laughs> National Treasure 2 starring Rib Cage. And of course, a Chalamet's solar plexus becomes the nexus for pictures and vexes Zendaya. In Texas. <laughs> where, where she's filming Moana 2. <laughs> but hindsight, of course, is 2020. And I'm more interested in 2022. And you know what 2022 is all about? Me and you. Oh, sorry. Oh, I got come. That's get fine. Away. No, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> there was a meter to that. <laughs> I'm worried in 2022 that little Timmy's nip might fly out in front of the great and the good of Beverly Hollywood, which is why I present a choose your own adventure entitled You are Timothy Chalamet's precious little nip. Can you avoid the limelight? I've got this from the gossip mongers right down on the carpet of Lagangeles. <laughs> the hubbub of the Oscars red carpet is muted by the double-sided sticky tape attached simultaneously to your pointy nibble head and the lining of a Louis Vuitton Spring Collection 2022 jacket. You're a sleepy little nipple. You belong to the Dune Boy and you feel ever so safe. You're so lucky to be a sleepy, safe little nipple who's taken such good care of by the Dune Boy. Because this sounds you... like sleep child, <laughs> Joe. <laughs> it stops being sleepy quite quickly. Because you really would hate to become part of a fashion boo-boo and be thrust into the limelight. You know what they say about a fashion boo-boo. Because what word is hidden in boo-boo? Oboe. Ubu. Boob. As in the body of a nipple's head. But what word is hidden in boob? Ooh, as in, ooh, he's had a fashion boo-boo and the nip is in the limelight and now it's sizzling like a fajita hot plate. You don't want a single photon of limelight to hit your delicate nip skin because limes are acidic and make you sting and light is hot and would make you burn. So limelight, no way. You shiver at the thought and it makes you, the nipple, briefly turn into an innie. Big mistake, because that peels just enough of the double-sided sticky tape off the end of your little nip-tip that it becomes loose. One wrong move from the Dune Boy now, and you'll come loose from the lining. And that's when you hear it. The Dune Boy is talking to his idol, Fatima Whitbread, and is asking for a (laughs) selfie on Oscar's carpet. Uh A selfie, an extension of the arm that will inevitably pull the jacket away from the chest and the lining away from the tape and the tape away from the nipple and let the limelight in! Quick, (laughs) do you A, try and think of a thing that the Dune Boy likes the most, like Fatima Whitbread's performance in Good Morning Vietnam, and try to pump yourself up with blood and reattach to the tape? Or do you B, Dig deeper into the body by thinking of the worst things of all, like not Fatima Whitbread, and try to escape the harmful rays of limelight should they come a-calling. Is there anything we can think of that would make us so pointy that we'd spear the jacket and lapel <laughs> and permanently fix? No, that would still be exposed, wouldn't it? Because we'd be going through and we'd see the You'd pierce out the other end. I think it's like, oh. gravi- like the film Gravity, which is also a movie, just to stick on the theme of very much mm. about the Oscars. Mm. 
Yeah. It's like when you when the spaceship is spinning around and you lose grip of the tether and that's it, you're gone. Once once you've once you you've gone past that threshold, you're doomed to float in space. And I think mm. that's what's happening to the nipple and the tape now. The tape's gone. So you've got to go in. You've got to go all in on going in. You think of anything but Fatima Whipbread. You dig as deep as you can, but unfortunately you're a nipple and it's not deep enough. And alas, the dune boy becomes so excited about meeting Fatima Whitbread that he's jumping up and down, he's joggling and he's rocking and he's plaggering his suit. You feel the sharp sting of a barely formed blondine pear being tugged out of its follicle as the tape rips away for good. The jacket lapel shifts and you feel an even sharper sting of concentrated limelight scorching your simple <laughs> nip body as if a whole arc of a covenant shot all its ghosts right at you and you were made of nip. The last thing you hear before you catch fire is Timothy Chalamet's voice saying, I love Fatima Whitbread to Fatima Whitbread. This is CYOA News, and we present a special choose-your-own report. You are Timothy Chalamet, and you've <laughs> mysteriously caught fire. What you gonna do about it? I was hoping there's gonna be like a death loop star mechanic in, we, in which we become the other nipple. Our consciousness no. transfers across his chest. The other nipple would have been safe and sound if it wasn't for the what it thought was quick thinking of the first nipple, but actually was dangerous. Outer thought. Their fates intertwine. Look after your nips. Let them, let them know you've got the got it covered. <laughs> That's what I've got to say. Celebs. I want to have synthetic nipples administered into my body that I can snap press studs into. That'd be that'd be useful. Maybe just snap them straight into my rib bones. Embossed nips. <laughs> you could attach all over like Scaramanga. <laughs> More movie references. We're good at this. Let me continue my report. Timothy Chalamet went up in flames at the Oscars tonight for reasons unknown. He was caught on camera saying that he loved Fatima Whitbread to Forrest Whitaker, who looked confused, even though it's clear enough to me, the man on the news, that Chalamet just got their ludicrous names confused. Moments later, Chalamet's suit pocket appeared to ignite through some feet of dark science or Mother Nature's mischief. Chalamet whirled around and around and made a noise like the Lady on the Dune soundtrack, who goes like this... And it includes the drums at the end because that was the sound of him batting away on Forrest Whitaker's head. Chalamet was soon seen crashing through a ziggurat of champagne glasses, but it was prop champagne made of gasoline, which only strengthened the blaze. He ran through a piece of drywall, leaving a perfect outline of someone who might be called Edward Normal Hands. Things took a bizarre turn when Chalamet crashed through the wall and was in fact on the Oscars stage during the best costume design segment. It was assumed to be an avant-garde approach to presenting the award all on fire, and Chalamet received an ovation from Lady Gaga, Shasha Gabor, and J.K. Simmons. Action news point! Did Chalamet present the Oscar for best costume design while completely on fire, or did he have one of those paradoxical moments of pure calm madness in a life-ending situation and just try to eat a whole Oscar? 
I want the last one. It sounds it was more fucking fiercely put. <laughs> well, we'll do it. Chalamet got up to the Oscar's golden rump before the pressure inside his body caused him to violently explode. But because it was Chalamet's full of glitter, Chalamet was gone. Up in the icy darkness of the Dolby Theatre tech gantry, a silent hero stirred. You are the Oscars in memoriam segment producer. How quickly can you find a picture of Timothy Chalamet and turn it into black and white? (laughs) You are Craig Pork, a jobbing Oscars segment producer, and you've just seen Timothy Chalamet expire beautifully on stage. The only problem? Your bit's up next, and it's the bit where the deados go bye-bye big time in black and white. You know you need to get him in the montage, or you may as well make an in-memoriam for your own shitbag career. <laughs> the problem, you don't have a picture of Chalamet, and you've forgotten how to spell his name to chuck a Google up the flagpole and run down a Getty image fit for a king. This is a good reference, because he played Henry V in a very boring movie called The King, in which he used his trademark style of being very still and looking off camera and occasionally going, oh. You've got to spell (laughs) Timothy Chalamet right first time, or you might as well eat a whole Oscar. Now spell it! Shall we split it by letters, Steve? Yeah, I'll go first. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. T. I. M. O. T. H. E. Acute. If you're typing, the acute counts as an extra character. Extra E. Oh, baby. C. H. A. L. Oh, it's another A. <laughs> M. E. T. Hmm. You did Z. it. Timothy Chalamet <laughs> was added to the In Memoriam segment. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you got the second A log. I would have said, oh. Oh, baby, baby, baby. Thank God I disrupted the flow of letters with that acute. Oh, my goodness. We we, we gamed that perfectly, Steve. We're so good at this. What a team. By doing so, everyone remembered how they'd just seen him die. Beverly Hollywood will never forget the bright, shiny, pentagonal face of one Timothy Chalamet. And it's all down to one little nip. And then... Cody Smith McPhee did all the rest of his movies because they might as well be exactly the same. The end. Wow. Imagine if you'd heap that level of disrespect onto whoever the drummer from the Foo Fighters was called. If Timothy Chalamet (laughs) was really dead, I would have talked about how his jacket got him into heaven or whatever. I only remember. I sorry. I wasn't being deliberately. I just didn't remember his second name. I literally didn't know much about him at all. All I know is that whenever I see a picture of him, he looks really nice. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to be his friend. What's happened to Timothy Chalamet? Is, is he dead? Yeah, he is now. And that happened at the Oscars, and nothing else did that needs to have any kind of hot take from us. So we'll leave it at that. Please. Paul Rudd. What? Paul Paul Rudd. Are we just saying Paul Rudd now? Has my, vo- has my voice changed? Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. 
Paul Rudd. Are we trying Rudd, to summon sorry. Paul Rudd here? Sound check. Paul, Paul Rudd. Rudd. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. plug. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. My gain went down for some reason. Paul, yeah, Paul Rudd took an angle grinder to um, Missy Elliott's knapsack. <laughs> <laughs> he apologised to the Academy. But not to the knapsack. Some coins for some features, and you get a B name, and you get a B name. Just some coins for some features, and you get a B name. Well, that's it for this week's episode of the Regular Features Podcast. If you like the podcast, you can go to patreon.com forward slash regular features and help us out by donating an amount of your choosing per episode. And in return, what we will do is we will take your precious little birth certificate we will traipse all the way over to the little dog dirt bin and we'll finger that piece of shit paper where it belongs with the the poop and the poop and the bags that the poop come in because you get your very own B name poop free certified boys please give a B name to Timmy Nolan right Bear with me on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. No LAN for me, just 802.11B. No LAN, capital L-A-N. Yes. Mm-hmm. He, I don't like the Ethernet LAN cables. I want the Wi-Fi network that provides me with the sweet honey of data at a, a rate that is now outdated by over a decade, please. Just for um, clarity, no LAN for me, comma, just... 802.11B. But B is the word B, B. the Wi-Fi protocol, okay. and also the animal. <laughs> Please give a B name to Alban Engdahl. Go on, Joe. Why would you... Look, I've still got to... Say it. <laughs> Say what we said. <laughs> we All we said is albondigas, which is a That's type of meatball. We're not putting... Okay, albindigas. I'll be in the gas because I'm be. a puff of smoke. Oh, yeah. You, you go like six steps away from the thing that was already not about bees. I don't know where we're at anymore. Oh, because you smoke no, bees. Don't oh, you? no, it's because I'll be in the gas because I am a puff of smoke hiding in the gas that you use to oh, smoke, wait, so you'll smoke the inside some right. gas. We need to, Joe, we need to bring this back in, mate, because this isn't usable as it currently stands. I'll be again. I'll be there inside the hexagon. I'll be there until the queen has gone. <laughs> until the queen's my mom. Well, that's not that's not what Log said in the B name. So you either need to no, say the whole it thing isn't. again. <laughs> He's going to hang around in the hive until the queen is no longer there. He's not going to hang around there until somehow his relationship to the Queen changes to a maternal one. But the problem was that we rhymed hexagon with gone. (laughs) So I was trying to think of an alternative. Okay. I like gone with gone. Hexagon (laughs) until the Queen is gone. I mean, my overarching point is that you can't edit the B name as I'm typing. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. (laughs) You're absolutely right. That was disrespectful of me. Um. So what what was the original video? Until the is queen gone. is gone. Is gone. And I I agree, Joe. Rhyming gone with gone, it doesn't sit right with me. But it's in there now. <laughs> but it's in the sheet. <laughs> and given that this started with 
something about Spanish meatballs and smoke. I think I... you could be happy with what you've got. <laughs> Please give a bee name to Joshua Mark. We took a recent trip to a beehive and we learned lots about me and Gav went to see a beehive and met some bees. You ate some bees or met some bees. Met some bees. Thank God for that. <laughs> we may have inadvertently swallowed about eight bees. <laughs> if, you, if you just well. burped in response to that, I'd have loved it. And a single wing just flies out. <laughs> the queen bee is identifiable. She's a slightly different physiology to a drone and a worker bee. Mm-hmm. But to spot her quickly... <gasps> They mark the queen bee with a little bit of a little daub of bee paint on her back, oh. so you can pick her out. They change the color of the of the paint depending on the year as well, so you can see the a vintage, vintage queen. queen. Nice. It's like it's, it's, I thought it would be like the amount of stripes on her thorax, but no. <laughs> so Joshua Mark, hey, could be Mark the Queen, so you don't lose her. Mark, mark it, mark, mark her, the, or lose mark her. The queen, <laughs> the queen's mark. Oh my god, the queen's mark. That is a proper title. That is right. Yeah, the queen's mark. That's like hand of the king. You can open a you can open a pub with a bean. That sounds like, like that. a Hillary Mantel novel. <laughs> I want to know more. <laughs> well, I'm very sorry to everyone else who didn't get that bee name today. <laughs> and finally, please give a bee name to Bradley Nottingham or Bradley Nottingham if you're from there. <laughs> Well, you could have the B Radleys. Riff on the old pop group who said, wake up, B. Wake up, B. It's the B Radleys. And <laughs> fuck the Nottingham connection. Although I do know, if you are if you are Bradley from the Jam Calf, hi, I'm going to come in your place tomorrow. I'm going to startle you. I'm going to startle you by gobbing on your neck. I really hope it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> gob on their neck anyway. <laughs> Speaking of Nottingham, we have, I'm afraid to say, to any non-bees out there, fully sold out of our episode 500 special. But how long did it take for those tickets to sell out, Joe? It took approximately seven minutes after we fixed the numerous technical problems that had plagued the launch of those tickets. That was We were launching the tickets in character. That's why it was such mm. a beautiful fuck-up. Mm. Everyone loved it when we fucked up and some people didn't get tickets. And we are thinking about ways to rectify that, we promise. Um, But suffice it to say, if you're not in the beehive, turns out these days you might not get tickets. (laughs) We don't want you at our shows. What's, what's more worrying is if you are in the bee- beehive, you Some also might not get tickets. Might still not get tickets because we haven't worked out how Eventbrite works properly. This is the bit where we talk about the live show. I don't know anything about it, do we yet? We have none of us written our features. <laughs> <laughs> All we've done is commit oh. to doing it, sell tickets. Yeah, well, I guess there's no point talking about it now, is there? Yeah, well, who are we selling it to? sold out. Great, well, that's it for this week's episode of the Regular Features Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You make a great point, Log. (laughs) But we're so, so excited about doing it that we're we're thinking about doing more live shows, even getting back to doing monthly live shows. Yeah, that would be awesome. So if you didn't get tickets for this one, there'll be more opportunities coming up. But you've got to be in the beehive to be in with the best chance of picking up those ticks. Mm-hmm. And oh, another thing we learned about beehives, ticks. Mm. There's a, an invasive tick species. So if you're a tick, fuck off. Oh, 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 oh.
Clara Fichero.